Pod Show is pleased to bring you the following killer content direct from the all-new feature-rich podshow.com. Get it, play it, dig it. The Bible Study Podcast, Episode 18, Joseph's Dreams Come True. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. In the last episode of the Bible Study Podcast, I talked about Joseph and his amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat from Genesis. And this week, we'll continue on with the story of Joseph. It probably seemed like too long in between, what with me losing my voice and all, but not as long as it seemed like for Joseph. And we pick up this story in Genesis chapter 40. Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt defended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in the custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the same prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, and he attended them. After they had been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials, who were in custody with him in his master's house, Why are your faces so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, In my dream I saw a vine in front of me, and on the vine were three branches, and as soon as it budded it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup in his hand. This is what it means, Joseph said to him. The three branches are three days. Within three days Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. For I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. On my head were three baskets of bread. In the top baskets were all kinds of big goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat away your flesh. Now the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that he once again put the cup in Pharaoh's hand, but he hanged the chief baker, just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. The chief cupbearer, however did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. And so we find Joseph in chapter 40, still in prison, and still, as we learn in chapter 39, the Lord is with him. And in this case, the Lord has given Joseph the ability to interpret dreams. And so there are these two royal officials, both in trouble with the Pharaoh, who find themselves in prison and both have dreams. And so Joseph interprets first the dream of the cupbearer and finds out that it's good news. You're going to be restored. Remember me. And then of the chief baker, who is probably looking for the same sort of interpretation, but Joseph doesn't pull any punches. That's not what it means. You're going to die. 
And both dreams come true, but still Joseph is forgotten, and still Joseph spends yet more time in prison. And Joseph remains in prison at least another two years. And what happens is, in the next chapter, chapter 41, Pharaoh has a dream, and no one can interpret it. And he says, isn't there anyone who can interpret it? And the cupbearer goes, oh yeah, yeah, there was this guy who told both the chief baker and I the meaning of our dreams, they both came true. So Pharaoh sends for Joseph when we pick it up in chapter 41, verse 14. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came to the Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream, and no one can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, In my dream I was standing on the bank of the Nile, when out of the river there came up seven cows, fat and sleek, and they grazed among the reeds. After them seven other cows came up, scrawny, very ugly, and lean. I have never seen such ugly cows in all the land of Egypt. The lean, ugly cows ate up the seven fat cows that came up first. But even after they ate them, no one could tell that they had done so, for they looked just as ugly as before. Then I woke up. Pharaoh also tells a second dream, but Joseph says the interpretation for both dreams is the same. God is telling Pharaoh that there are going to be seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine, and the famine will be so severe that it will make you forget the seven years of plenty. And what you really ought to do is you ought to find somebody wise to help collect all the grain from the seven fat years, the seven good years, so that you'll have food to eat in the seven lean years. And Pharaoh says, that's a great idea, you're the guy. And so Joseph goes from prison to now he's the number two person in all of Egypt. And so finally, when we see that the Bible said way back in chapter 39 that wherever Joseph was, the Lord was with him, it becomes a little more obvious. Interesting to note that when Pharaoh said, can you interpret the dreams, Joseph says no. Whether this same kid who was telling his dreams to his father and his brothers has learned humility throughout all of this, we don't know, but he does seem to have learned humility. He does understand that this is a gift from God and that God can interpret dreams, and he doesn't claim credit for it. Now, meanwhile, back in Cana, after the seven good years, there also the famine comes. And so we find his 11 brothers and his father and the the family start to get hungry. And they hear there is grain in Egypt. And so they go up to Egypt to get some grain. They all go up except for Benjamin, who is the new favorite son, with Joseph being dead as far as his father knows. And they do not recognize Joseph when they meet him. And he accuses them of being spies. He seems to be testing out whether they have changed in all these years. And they tell him they're not, they're one of 12 brothers, except for one has died, and the younger brother is back at home. And he says, well, to prove you are who you say you are, leave one of your brothers here, and he chooses Simeon, and go bring your brother who is home with his father, this youngest brother, Benjamin, doesn't call him by name, and prove to me you are who you say you are. And so they leave, they go, they find out that he's actually given them back their money, and they're thinking, oh my gosh, now he's going to think we stole from him. And they go home and they say to Dad, hey Dad, we need to go bring Benjamin back to get Simeon. And Dad says, no. No, leave Simeon there. I've lost Joseph. I'm not going to lose Benjamin. Until they run out of food and they have no choice. And they have to go back. So finally, in chapter 44, we get the big 
reveal. They come back, they bring Benjamin, they say, hey, we got all our silver back, there seemed to have been some mistake. He says, no, in fact, that must have come from God, because you paid for your, you're paid for your grain, here's Simeon back, welcomes them, and then he hides a cup in Benjamin's sack, and as they leave, they catch up with him, and they accuse him of stealing the cup. And Judah speaks up, and Judah, interestingly enough, is the one who came up with the idea to sell Joseph into slavery. Because they didn't like these dreams he had about how they would all bow down before him, which of course by now they all have. And Judah speaks up and he says, So now if the boy is not with us, if Benjamin is not with us, when I go back to your servant, my father, and if my father, whose life is closely bound up with the boy's life, sees the boy isn't there, he will die. Your servants will bring the gray head of our father down to the grave in sorrow. Your servant guaranteed the boy's safety to my father. I said, if I do not bring him back to you, I will bear the blame for you, my father, all my life. Now then, please let your servant remain here as my lord's slave in place of the boy, and let the boy return with his brothers. How can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? No, do not let me see the misery that would come upon my father. So basically, Judah says... Take me. Let Benjamin go free. Take me. And at that point, Joseph knows that they have changed. And Joseph reveals himself to his brother, and they're scared spitless because he has them right where they think he wants them. And he says to them, Come close to me. When they have done this, he said, I'm your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed, and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years there will be not be plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God." He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of the entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, This is what your son Joseph says. God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me, you and your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and all you have. I will provide for you there because the five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise you and your household and all who belong to you will be destitute. Basically, he says... There's nothing to forgive. What you intended for evil, God meant for good. That God's hand was in all of this. It was in me, my being sold into slavery. It was in the dreams that he gave me. It was my ending up in prison. It was in the interpretations he gave me. It was my ending up before Pharaoh and being able to tell him his dreams. All of this God planned how many years in advance? Well, let's see, two years of famine, seven years of good, nine years, two years in prison, at least 11 years ahead of time, probably more than that, back when they sold him into slavery. Joseph said, God already had a plan for how he was going to save you from this famine that was coming, and this was the plan. And this is what God has done. We don't always get a chance to see the bigger picture like Joseph did. And we don't always get a chance when we do see the bigger picture to still give up all of those feelings of wanting to get back at people which he certainly had a right to do his brothers sold him into slavery 
Um, and yet Joseph both sees the bigger picture, is given that rare opportunity, and he sees that all of this was intended, and he holds no grudge. And he tells them, in fact, you shouldn't even hold one against yourself. And I think that's an interesting lesson that comes out of Joseph. And it's interesting to see what God has done with him through all of this incredible patience that Joseph had to show with all of the things that happened to him before it finally turned out that God was working for good all, the, all along. And that, with that, we'll end the Bible study podcast for this week. Hopefully we'll be back next week, assuming I don't lose my voice again. Thank you for so much for listening. Check out thebiblestudypodcast.com to leave a message or send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. The best and the brightest served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, pod show, and limelight. In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.